Is this actually a, a children's exercise record? Doesn't it sound like Walt Disney Records or something? Yeah. It sounds like, uh, I'm your doctor, what you need, have some coke, have some weed, I'm your pusher. I'm your pusher. Well, thank you. What a delightful surprise. Uh, This is uh, Move Your Ass uh, every Thursday from 6 to 6.30. I I wish we were still doing it every weekday. Remember when we used to do that? I mean, it was a, a tremendous bone to humanity. But um, instead, oh, I'm bringing up the wrong thing. There we go. (laughs) Good evening, evening and welcome to Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture, and sometimes food, and sometimes culture. My name's Arwolf. I'm filling in for Mike. If Mike is hearing this uh, while he's out uh, doing the drive time thing, it seems like drive time in Ann Arbor lately has, uh, has lasted like four hours or something. It's, it's an enormous number of people in Ann Arbor. I don't know what you're all doing here, but uh, hello. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, a student-run, multi-generational, multi-dimensional Experimental Broadcasting from the University of Michigan. Before I get to some really, uh, I think, very special early blues records, I thought I would sort of tie in with uh, what you're hearing right now by playing an extended piece for two pianos by Darius Mio. I'll tell you all about it as we plow through it. But this thing here, which I'm rudely talking over, is called Turkish Delight. It's the Rondo Alaturka by Mozart, played by Henri René and his Musette Orchestra. And it reminds me very much that we have a program called Turkish Delight, Sundays at 10 o'clock in the morning, right after Temple Roboto almost invariably hosted by Mr. Murat. And if you've heard Murat on the air before, you know that he's a wonderful human being and very well worth listening to on Sundays. Turkish Delight is also a type of uh, sweet uh, food that leaves powdered sugar all over your face. Not sure how much it has uh, actually has to do with turkey. Very nice. Well, right now, um, as I was threatening you uh, a minute ago, I'm about to play for you a an arrangement for two pianos of Darius Mio's Le Boeuf sur le Toit. Now, what am I talking about? Well, Mio, almost like Miao, Mio, M-I-L-H-A-U-D, Darius Mio, lived from 1892 to 1974. And 
according to the liner notes from this marvelous Hyperion recording that has Stefan Combs and Artur Pizarro paired up. It says uh, that uh, Le Boeuf sur la Toile is a cinema fantasy using airs from South America. Transcribed four piano duet by the composer, two years, uh, oh, in 1919. So it, re- it really was composed in 1919. He, was, uh, he went down to Brazil in 1917. As uh, serving as secretary to Paul Claudel, who had just been appointed French uh, plenipotentiary minister there. And he composed a, a fair amount of work in Rio de Janeiro. Mio did. Uh, two years later, like I said a minute ago, at home in France, uh, southern France, the Mediterranean sun, doubtless reminding him of Brazil, uh, aspects of popular Latin American life and music can be detected in Le Boeuf de la Troie. In fact, if you wanted to, you could go online and look for the, the Boeuf Chronicles. Again, B-O-E-U-F, Boeuf, French for beef, right? Or for ox. Uh, the Boeuf Chronicles is probably the most exhaustive analysis of this piece of music that I've ever bumped into. Anyway, this is... Um, at first, it had no plot line. Mio considered it might accompany a Chaplin film, hence the original subtitle, but it was never tried in practice. Mio mentioned it to Jean Cocteau, who proposed a balletic treatment, which he would produce. Within days, Cocteau had funded the show by pre-selling seats to leaders of Parisian society. He then drafted a scenario to complement the music. As it transpired, the ballet Le Boeuf de la Troie was such a huge success that a new Paris nightclub opened soon after took Le Boeuf de la Troie as its name, and Mio was given life membership of the club, which became very famous. So, um, you might already have realized that the title translates as The Ox on the Roof, which is something that he... Uh, Mio actually picked up that phrase while in Rio de Janeiro. It's kind of a popular turn of phrase. And I think I should hush my mouth and play it for you. This is Le Boeuf sur la Toile by Darius Mio. And it goes like this. this uh, I dedicate this to Mike.
listening to Le Boeuf sur le Toit, the, the Ox on the Roof, by Darius Mio. It's intriguing that the, uh, the primary melody, which was written by Mio himself, recurs about 12 times throughout the piece. And it's sort of like a necklace of uh, themes that he heard in Latin America, specifically in Brazil and Rio de Janeiro. And then he put his own sort of uh, little magical nuances around them. In case you're wondering what's going on, my name's Arwolf. I'm filling in for Mike. The show is Pandora's Lunchbox. And we're just imagining what it would be like if the ox were on the roof, as the title of this piece of music implies. I'm going to move ahead just a hair. There we are. <laughs> That's good. You know, this piece is usually perfor- performed by an orchestra. You know, can you imagine what this is like when performed by an orchestra with a, a number of percussionists involved? Well, I must say that Stefan Coombs and Arthur Pizarro did a marvelous job with a pair of pianos. You know, take a couple of pianos and rub them together, and look what happens. Yay! Once upon a time, when a 
Young man wrote to Darius Mio about Wagner's theories that all art springs from suffering, unhappiness, and frustration. He replied, I am glad you decided to write me about your problem with Wagner's theories. Here is my point of view if you want it. I had a marvelously happy childhood. My wife is my companion and my collaborator. We are the best of friends, and this gives me great happiness. My son is a painter who works incessantly, and he is sweet and loving to his parents. Thus, I can say that I've had a happy life, and if I compose, it's because I am in love with music and I wouldn't know how to do anything else. I think in the full quote, he also pointed out that he had plenty of opportunity to be unhappy, including the fact that many of his family members were done away with by the Nazis during the Second World War. And also the fact that he was spent much of the latter part of his life confined to a wheelchair. He said, none of this makes me unhappy. I'm an incredibly happy person. Uh, One of his autobiographies was called My Happy Life. And so he uh, concluded his remarks by saying to this person, your Wagner quote proves to me once again that Wagner was an idiot. Once again, and I apologize for talking over this so much, but this is a, a brief little program, Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM. Uh, this music by Darius Mio, and it's being played by Stefan Coombs and Artur Pizarro. You can find it on the Hyperion label. The album is Darius Mio, Music for Two Pianists.
Thank you, gentlemen. And I would like to um, just step into another realm altogether here and get down to some blues from the early 1930s. Mike is very fond of songs that, uh, that talk about beef. So this is the Beef Man Blues. It was recorded in Chicago in 1934. The vocalist is T. McDonald. That's T-E-E. And the pianist is Henry Brown. He's one of the, uh, the great pianists out of St. Louis. This is the Beef Man Blues. Over me, 
Petey Wheatstraw's very first record that he ever made. And it, um, it happened in September of 1930 in Chicago. Yeah, the other guy singing is only identified as Neckbones, and we don't know exactly who was responsible for the instrumentation. I think Petey was probably at the piano. The Tennessee Peaches Blues. From Petey Wheatstraw's Complete Recordings, reissued by Document Records. This is Volume 1, 1930-32. You also heard the Beef Man Blues, uh, St. Louis Henry Brown at the piano, with vocal by T. McDonald, 1934, from a uh, another Document uh, compilation, the St. Louis Barrel House Piano, 1929-34. My name's R. Wolf. This is Face the Music now on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I'd like to give you Harlem Stride Chapter 5. This is the fifth in a series of programs celebrating the traditions of Harlem Stride Piano. Bring it right down to the primary participants now with Mr. Fats Waller, a piano solo he cut in the year 1941. This is a song that he first introduced. In fact, I think it was considered in 1929 when he wrote it for a stage show. It was almost considered a uh, sort of a throwaway soft shoe number, but that became, uh, I think, deservedly among his most famous and well-loved melodies.